Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is your weekly go-to album of the week podcast where every week we get into a different album by a different artist. Who cares what genre genre it is? We get into it. We get into the nitty-gritty. We talk about everything about the album, how it was made, the members of the band, everything you want, you'd ever want to know or maybe not even want to know. Uh, this is Asinine Radio. Uh, I'm going to say it again. This is Asinine Radio. What is this? Uh, it's actually called Asinine Radio. Uh, but you can go to iTunes. We would actually really appreciate it. If you went to iTunes, you went there, you rate, reviewed, and subscribed to the pod on there. Especially rate and review. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Give it five stars. Give it five stars. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. You can send us an email, radio at gmail.com. Or you can just visit our website. Yeah, that's right. We're old fucks, and we actually have a website. And it's called asinineradio.com. Is that being an old person? Is that what I, is that I what kids say so. these days? I would consider it kind of an old thing because no, everybody has their Facebook and their Insta and their Facebooks and Instagrams and you know all that, all that, all that junk, all that jazz, all that bullshit. Exactly. But this week, this is Jeff's pick. This week, he chose this one. He really wanted to do this album. This is from actually a, a lost episode. Uh, we did this do this a long time ago, so we did not give this album a fair shake. Uh, but hopefully, we can make up for that this time around, because this week we are doing the uh, the Far Side album, Bizarre Ride Two, The Far Side. Now in my younger days I used to 
of me and Shelly. See, she's my type of hype, and I can't stand when brothers tell me that I should quit chasing and look for something better. But the smile that she shows makes me a go-getter. I haven't gone as far as asking if I could get with her. I just played love by ear and hope she gets the picture. I'm shooting for her heart and got my finger on the trigger. She can be my broad, and I can be her. All I can do is stay up. Back as kids, we used to kiss when we played truth today. The Far Side formed in 1989 in South Central L.A. here in California and in the United States by Imani, whose real name is Amandu Wilcox, Slim Kid 3, whose real name is Trevant Hardson, Booty Brown, whose real name is Romai Robinson, and Fat Lip, whose real name is Derek Stewart. They currently have four albums, one EP, three compilations, and have sold pretty sure several million records worldwide that we're doing today is called bizarre ride to the far side and it's the group's first album and it was released november 24th 1992 it features all of the members mentioned above plus producer and turntablist jay swift who also played many other instruments on this record it's the band's most popular album and is considered considered by some to be the best album of the golden era of hip-hop do you agree or do you disagree on that? Uh, that's a bold claim. I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's like the best, but in a world where gangster rap was just absolutely dominating the airwaves in the early nineties, and then you have like the native tongues thing in New York where very similarly to the far side groups like De La Soul and A Tribe Called Quest were putting out music that melody wise is very similar to the far side, but the far side had just they, they it was more like it was more R rated. There there was more cussing, there was more there was more silliness. It wasn't as serious as as the kind of the native tongues things was. So I think that this album is is damn important as as any other gangster rap album that came out in the early nineties because they all kind of piggybacked off of each other. And don't forget, this album preceded like The Dog Pound by Snoop Dogg. This album came out a month yeah. before The Chronic by by Dr. Dre. Like this album is is so important and it's so different than what eventually became the nineties, right? I mean the nineties was the hip hop gangster rap era. Absolutely it was. But to say it's the best, I mean I I think it's the best for sure. It's because it's my favorite album. But objectively, it's, I don't know if it's like the best, but if you're going to be any kind of authority on hip hop music in general, then this is going to be in your in your top 10. Oh, I would imagine so. It's a pretty influential record uh, within the hip hop realm. I'm not, I'm not as big of a hip hop head as you are. Um, so you, you definitely know more than me on this stuff. But I mean... This is this is one of the the better the best ones out of the '80s and '90s. I'd say I know the '80s isn't really considered the golden era. That's more the old school era of hip hop. But I mean, this is some of the best I've heard. Yeah. Besides some stuff by like a tribe called Quest and uh, what else am I thinking of right now? But I mean, you you hear like a lot of similarities between Tribe and and the Far Side, right? There's a lot of oh, absolutely, a lot of smooth melodies because I mean, Tribe too was also heavily influenced by kind of like the jazz hip hop thing that they had going on they just weren't really overly goofy about it like the far side was yeah they don't take themselves as or i mean the far side don't take themselves as seriously as groups like um like a tribe called quest do or like the gangster rap 
uh, yeah, NWA or any of it. Yeah, really. And so that I mean, what are what are your? I mean, I guess we kind of have our first impressions then on this record. Where does it sit with you? Kind of how did you find out about the Far Side? Because I think you and I have very different knowings of this this group i think i can't remember but i'm pretty sure like how i how i kind of branched out in my musical likes and dislikes when i worked at virgin and this dude named jerry used to work there and his two big genres of music was jazz and hip-hop and so anytime i was like hey dude i like this jazz artist he's like oh dude check out this guy this guy this guy this person this person was like, oh, okay cool then i listened to him and I would love him. Or I'd be like, hey, like Jerry, I'm getting into like this hip-hop group. What do you think? Oh, if you like... Because he also knew I like pop-punk a lot. And so I was like, hey, if you like pop-punk a lot, you should check out like the far side because you're a little goofy like pop-punk. They got smooth melodies, but they're also kind of jazz-influenced, so you can kind of pick up on a lot of like the drumming and, and the, bass, the bass lines and things like that. And so I'm pretty sure it was Jerry from Virgin that got me into the far side. And that was like around high school like just out of high school i think i worked there yeah sounds about 2006, right 2006 7 8 9 10 11 something 12, like that i think it's like eight, 7 13, maybe 8 7 or 8 2007 or 8 cuz i worked at tower in 06 so yeah it was you worked at virgin after i worked at tower so it must have been 7 7 7 or 8 seven but or anyway eight. yeah my my introduction to this group was actually through corn um being such a corn a corn fan, fan that I am, uh, I forgot which guy from the far side was on a corn song on Follow the Leader back in '98, and uh, you know, hearing that song dozens or hundreds of times, you know, going and then I would go onto like Napster, LimeWire, whatever I was using at the time, uh, just downloaded a, a group of uh, far side songs and listened to them. Didn't really pick up on it i just wasn't at that time like in 2000 2001 i wasn't really into hip-hop but i understood you know the importance of it and everything but it wasn't until maybe like four years ago five years ago when you started to to listen to them more and when i was with you you listened to them that's kind of when i started to really appreciate them and this kind of genre of like alternative hip-hop or what's the other term that's used for this kind of hip-hop like jazz hip-hop it's like no, it's uh fuck. Oh damn! I did a hip hop record was, a, a few months ago. That was an intense, uh, intense sigh. I don't know, like uh, jazz rap. Did, no, it's just like there's another like like woke hip hop. Not woke hip hop. Woke hip hop. I would No, we we did a hip hop record. No, <laughs> we did <laughs> we did a uh, hip hop album a few months ago. The Wu Tang one. Yeah, we do Wu Tang. That's what it was. Yeah, duh. We do Wu Tang, and they're they're under a genre of hip hop, but I can't think of what it is. Essentially, like the more intelligent hip hop, where they actually talk about oh, like conscious hip hop, conscious hip hop. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that's what it is, and so th- I don't even re- remember what my point was, but that's fine. That's totally fine. I mean, I like like conscious hip hop being like one of the people I can think of recently is like Run the Jewels would be a great example mm-hmm. of conscious hip hop. Yeah, I don't. I don't like Tech Nine too. I don't know if like the Far Side specifically falls into that category, but they they have the vibe of it. It's yeah, maybe not maybe not the lyrics, but the vibe of okay. of conscious hip hop because they 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 tend to dabble more in in music that's not related to that genre already. So like with the jazz stuff and and various other things, you know that that's kind of where I make that re- I 
make that relation. Okay. Not lyrically, but more musically. Gotcha. But, That's toy, 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 toy. Yeah. So do we have any stinkers on this record? No, there are no stinkers. Even the skits, which I generally don't even like skits. Even like the skits aren't there. There are no stinkers on this record because the skits are set up more like songs. Yeah, you know. And what I was shocked about this record was that because I don't, okay. So when we originally did this record, like three years ago, probably, I remember nothing of what we talked about. Like mm-hmm. literally nothing. I don't even remember doing this record. I, I really it was did like we, our did second we actually or do third this episode. Was it that early on? It, yeah, it was I, when we were using the one mic. Oh God, that's and staring cool. into each other's eyes the whole time. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that now? We haven't done that in so long. It's oh, stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's thinking been, about it, it's really dumb. It's but. been a very, very long time since we did this, and uh, yeah, I think with the first time we did it, we uh, we were still in our infancy of of the pod, and oh, so God. we didn't we didn't so bad we didn't do a whole lot of like research, and it was just kind of mostly going off of, let me listen to this album a bunch of times this week and then we'll talk about it. And so what we used to do back then was, I like this song, I don't know what it's called, but then we play it like, okay, yeah, that song. And then we, like, there was no notes, there was no, like, guidance whatsoever. It was just... Oh, that's right, we would do just that. Just winging it, right? We would play the song, but then I would cut the song out when I edited the podcast. Yeah, because that way we would remember what song it was because yeah. that's somehow easier than just taking notes. Taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> God, we were we were stupid. I mean, we're still dumb. It's trial and error, baby. Trial and error. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, yeah. The far side. This uh, the, to me, there are no bangers. What? I mean, I mean, no stinker. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. Damn, there are no stinkers. There are no stinkers. Absolutely no stinkers. Um, there's really no filler here. Uh, the songs don't really bleed together, but there's just a lot of fucking words. Like yeah. every song has like four to six verses, and they're not just like verses with maybe six lines. These each verse has like fifteen to twenty lines. Like these songs are long; they're five minute long songs. It's a lot to take in. So that was a little overwhelming when I was doing my research or like reading through the li- not doing research. That sounds really stupid. But when I was reading through the lyrics, it was uh, it was just a lot to take in, and some of the like substance wise, some of it just doesn't constitute having a five and a half minute song or six minute song talking about that particular subject so but their flow is so good that it didn't really matter so like there's there's certain things about this album i think that are great one like you said there are already a lot of lyrics there are four there are four rappers right the slim kid three mommy booty brown fat lip and they all kind of have their own sort of unique style and the way they kind of structure them because, like, uh, for instance, like, um, Fat Lip's got, like, the deepest voice. And so the way they'll pace it is always, like, a high-pitched voice and then a lower one and then kind of, like, a, I don't know, a chaotic verse and then, like, a smoother verse. And so I think the pacing of each verse sung by each rapper, I think, is fantastic on this. And mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely perfect. The album itself is just about an hour so there are a lot of five minute songs, but there's also a lot. There's also like I mean, there's like fucking fifteen songs in this thing. Or I think I think five of them, or maybe six of them, are skits. So the songs are like a minute or less. There's there's like sixteen or seventeen songs. Yeah. So you're right. There are there are skits on this that are that are a lot shorter, and the skits themselves are kind of weird. They're just goofing around, which is cool, and I kind of went to being like. 
like almost like Cheshire Cat from Blink. Like it's just they're having so much fun, and this is this is like their introduction not only to music but just to working together as a group. And you really hear it come through in a lot of the skits, especially like the songs in general, like mm-hmm. like the song Ya Mama, which is just them them battling yeah, back and song. forth of who can give the most funny insult. And these guys just sound like they're having such a great yeah. time this entire album. Yeah, it really translates well to the to the music. It's a it's a very seamless record too. Like there's no there's no real low point on this record, which I I really like. And what uh, and also you 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 touched upon the the fact that you know all of the all the guys in the group rapping they all kind of have their own their own tone their own flow their own style and what I also like about it is that they all share the songs together so it's not just like one song has two guys the other one has three song three guys in the, in it not like the Wu Tang album that we did right because that that album some of those songs only had one guy on it. Or like Method Man sang on everything, or and then the other one it was Method Man and fucking I, I don't even know, you know. Yeah, it's just, no, but you're the, right. But every song, song on this one, yeah, everyone on this song, except there's only one song where it's like a solo song, but everything else, it's all the guys in the group, and they all get their own verse, and they all get a big long chunky verse, chunky part of the song, and I think that's great. I, I think that's so fantastic. It's so collaborative, and it just shows that they just wanted to make music that they wanted to make like they it didn't seem like there were any pressure any pressures on the band at this point on the group at this point i think that's fantastic it really sucks because as we know later on they they split pretty much into two groups right with um yeah slim kid three and fat lip are now i don't know if they still are but but they they split the group and and they can't perform as far side anymore so they call themselves bizarre ride and then Booty Brown and Amami, they, since they did not technically leave the band, they own the likeliness and the name Farside. And there's been so much like litigation, especially in the 2010s era, this decade, of going back and forth of who can use the name and who can't use the name. And it's, it's such a shame that these guys were so close, were so fun, were so happy when they put this out. But inevitably, later on down the line, when money gets it involved probably it just completely fell apart and then i think there was the album in 2014 that two of the guys did i don't remember who who was involved on that record but it ended up being like a huge flop both commercially and with fans it was just so apparently it was really really bad and a lot of people attribute that to it only being two of the guys yeah, in hum- the group humboldt beginnings i think that's what it is yeah yeah that was like pretty sure that was the record that was like when we came out of high school like 2005 is it? Uh, no, they was... did release a song though last year. We talked about it on the pod, but it was very um, underwhelming. Almost like, like like I don't even want to say EDM, but it was just very like the beat just kind of like went throughout the whole song, and it just didn't really change. And there was mm. this kind of female vocal thing that went on in the background. Uh, it wasn't very good. I don't remember that. But they re- they I'm released sure we songs did talk throughout it. the years, but I think the last was Humble Beginnings, and that one was 2004 or 2005 or something I... like that. Is it? No, I don't no. know. I don't really know, but I guess I could look it up because I do have Google. That's um, true. So maybe I could, I could, I could look it up right so, now. Which so, I'm doing so right two now. things before we even get into like the song, just real quick. I'm not real quick, but so like okay. the drummer Sorry. on this, according to like linear notes, is this guy who they call JMD. His name is Daryl Moore, 
and he plays the drums and he's a jazz musician and holy shit dude some of the time some of the parts where you clearly can tell that it's a drummer it's so fucking good it's unbelievably mm-hmm. good it like, really better is better than good it's great yep and that that's it's something that's so unique to this group or at least on this record was the fact that they used live musicians especially at this day and age when everything was sampled yeah everything was sampled at this point Nobody used real musicians, especially in a recording studio and a live setting. It just never happened. So for them to do that is pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting for this genre of music. And then the other thing was cool. uh, was Jay Swift, their their producer and and kind of fifth member of their band. But uh, he played piano, right? So all like the piano tunes that you hear here are are done by Jay Swift, and that's. I mean, it's not like fantastic piano that's going to blow your mind, but. It's good. But it's more than what most people yeah, can Yeah, it's more than what like 99% you know? of people can play. Yeah, exactly. And you were right about the album release. Humboldt Beginnings was 2004. You were right. Ah, 2004. I said 2005. Yeah. I mean, you, but you said like end of high school, so yeah. good enough. That's but how yeah, I judge like everything is basically basically when we were in high school. <laughs> exactly. Living in the past. Uh, Jay Swift, like Jeff was saying, he, he, did, he did produce, or I don't know if you said it, but he did produce the record. He did play piano. He did most of the scratching. Um, he played bass as well on it. He played the Rhodes um, and background vocals. And he produced every. He produced all but one song on this record. The other song that he didn't produce was was Other Fish, oh, and that was produced by L.A.J. But everything else was Jay Swift, and it is tragic, like kind of the way that he he left the group and his downwards downwards. Spir- downward spiral downward into spiral. crack cocaine. Yes. So it's, it's sad stuff. And then apparently, like I think it was the 2000 record, the album that they did in 2000, if I'm not mistaken, they, they Jay Swift actually returned to the group, I think, for the Plain Rap album. And he produced that, but it ended up not getting very good, like it didn't get a good reviews by fans or anything like that. Like a lot of people didn't like it. But I could be mistaken if it was that one or maybe if it was Humboldt Beginnings. They, well, they they came out with Bizarre Right 2000, that was 92. And then they did the Lab, Lab in California album, which is yeah, several 95. years later. But they didn't do anything for like a decade until Humboldt Beginnings. But they did put out a Sideways, spelled all goofy like Far Side, the best of the Far Side. But yeah, they I don't came know, out that in 01. I don't know well, if they, they came they, out with new music, though. I don't know if there was any new, new things on that. Well, album. they did come out with a, a new album in 2000. In November 2000. And that one was called Plain Rap. Mm. And then Humboldt Begins was the, the last one in 04. But yeah, the, the Sideways one, that comp came out in 01. So so there was some new music. But anyway. Anyway. But everybody thought Jay Swift was the reason why the group was so successful. But then when he comes back, it just wasn't the same. Which I guess happens a lot. Their album Lab in California, that's that's it's a good album. It's not bad. It did it's not as goofy and, and kind of I don't know. It it takes itself a little bit more seriously, but it's still really good. I mean I haven't I didn't give it a I didn't give it a listen, but it's been a short week, so we didn't have a lot of time yeah. to listen to a yeah, lot yeah, of music. Yeah. But uh but yeah, no the I mean I guess we can get back to Bizarre Ride too. Bizarre Ride too. Are so uh, so you say there are no stinkers for you? No stinkers, no 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 no. No, it's it's a solid, solid record. Are there more bangers than not bangers? Or I would say so. There are a couple of songs that were just, I think, more like the beginning of the record was okay. What about Oh Shit? And oh Shit was one of the best songs on it. Okay. 
but a few of the other songs like for better or worse not the interlude but the regular one yeah, it's okay it's just it's okay um i'm that type of ninja because Banger. you don't know we're not we're not going to say the n-word we're going to say ninja instead of the n-word um and also there's another derogatory term which i'm not going to say i guess we could say juggalo instead of the derogatory term oh right i mean yeah but then we're it's just the supporting closest. icp and i don't want to do that either but we could okay, say juggalo it's Juggalo time. That's another. That's a more of a skit song. But that's um, a banger though, because that that that's one of those things we were talking about earlier, where there's like heavy jazz influence in that song, and the drums are absolutely incredible along mm-hmm. with the piano. And that song yeah. sounds like it's being done live at like some jazz house, and all they're doing is just naming things that are they think are funny and, and things. You know what I mean? It's just they're having so much fun. Should I play that song? Yeah, that's a good one. Here's a uh, here's it's. Juggalo There's the there's the little skit on the record. Dude, that it's, that drummer is so great. He's, he's so, so good. And that the the tone on that snare, man, it sounds so good. It's what you'd expect from jazz drumming. It's it's great. It's really really great. I just started following I mean, him on Instagram are goofy. too. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, like nice. today. Nice. It was private, so he had to accept it. He's only got two thousand followers. That's not enough. He needs like that's not a lot. Two no. billion at least. He's a sick drummer for if sure. Worthless Kylie Jenner can get two million followers. JMD should have at least three million. That's a good point. That's a good point. So what what is what's a banger for you on this record? Because I'm assuming there are no stinkers for you. No, there are no stinkers. There are more bangers than OK songs. Uh, just to go through the OK songs real quick, so I'm gonna talk about them again. But for better, for worse, the skit and the song, I think are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going, let's see. Oh damn, look at nothing here going down. Da 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 da. And then pack the pipe. Yeah, there's nothing. It's just a short, like, what is it, like 25-second interlude? And then Return of the B-Boy, I think, is, is okay to a banger. I think it's just a cool homage to, like, the old 80s rap rock groups, run DMC style. See, I liked it a lot. I liked that throwback. I thought it was a really good throwback on that song. It was cool. And I'm glad they did it last because it wouldn't have fit anywhere else within the album. No, not at all. But uh, other than that, literally everything else on my list is a banger. Okay. Well, we can start so let's go, my my let's top your biggest banger. My top three now and always has been Soulflower Remix, and then uh, my number two is Yamama, and then number three is Oh Shit. Okay, I'll give my I'll rattle off my my top three and Do then it. I'll play a couple more. Uh, Soulflower is my number one oh, here. Shit. <laughs> oh shit! Number two, uh, and my number three is probably Passing Me By. Yeah, it's Passing Me That's By. But we already played that song. 
but we didn't talk about yeah, th- those it, are my. I don't know, we haven't talked about it, so let's get into Passing okay. Me By. Why not? That was their popular so what, what song off the album. They made a music video for it. It was pretty boring, just black and white. Yeah. But um, all the videos for this record are pretty. The boring. sound, the, there, there's a lot of sounds in this album that date it to the 90s, right? And, and the sound in mm-hmm. Passing Me By is like the 90s. What did, you, what did it remind you of the most? It, honestly, it reminded me of playing Goldeneye. Exactly. That's what I was. Yeah, you're reminding me of playing gold. I don't remember what level was like the facility. Maybe it's like every level. Every level that has that noise, that, that, right? That that hitting of like a metal pipe. Yeah, it's like a metal pipe, like in a giant warehouse. <laughs> that's exactly. That's there's like the four best thing songs I could, on I could here that think of. reminded me of Goldeneye so much. I know. Yeah, I, I love that sound though. Oh, but it's fantastic! That, but it's very dated to the '90s. Oh, it is, but it's ah, but it's so good. That, like it's a good dated sound, a good dated song. That bass line here is super funky. It's really cool, and then like the the descending note progression is very catchy, and it, like it's been done so many times, but it works every single time, and it's yeah. so subtle here that you almost don't even know that it's going on until like halfway through the song. And it's it's like, definitely it, one of the best ones. It's just like a cool, like refreshing departure from like gangster rap lyrics too. Just like a song about lost love and each one of them kind of talks about a different aspect of what they had experienced as far as lost love like the first one being one of them is in love with their teacher and it's yeah, super it, silly and well, dumb see i kind of i kind of took took the lyrics as more of each guy's talking about like a different girl who's out of his league like they just they they want so much they want the attention of this girl so much but everything they do no matter what it is is never good enough for her and she just blows them off. That's kind of how. That's what. That's what I got from it. Okay. Lyrically, I mean, both could work if you really look at it and re- and like go through it. But that was my that was my outlook on the whole thing. And and like another thing about this album too is that there's kind of like a loose concept with this, and that concept being organized chaos. And throughout this whole album, there there are different there are different times where you think things are going to go one way and they go a different way or you think it's going to be a straight hip hop song and then it comes in with like heavy drums and they're very jazzy. And so there's a lot of this like organized chaos. And even with their, with their vocal deliveries, they're all very different. Some of them are, are annoying to some people and they, the high voices and then kind of like whiny vocals. Yeah. But like overall, like this whole thing is kind of like organized chaos. And I think that kind of coincides with the bizarre ride too. Being like, what the fuck is this? What is this? What does any of this even mean? Like, these guys have no idea what they're doing, which they really didn't. They start off as dancers, and now they're, you know, they're, uh, that's, they're that was something I wanted to hip hop musicians, and they have like no idea what they're doing, and they come out with this album <laughs> that has no right to be this good. They have absolutely no fucking right to be this good. Unbelievable. But I mean, that just goes to show like how much they just kind of didn't give a shit, and like they just did what they thought what they thought was good, didn't care what other people thought or said. And this is the result. And then everything after this was them trying to replicate what they had prior. And then the pressures start hitting and all that kind of stuff. So th- I, maybe I think that's why the, the following records just never were as good. I think the, I think it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jay Swift wasn't involved too. Well, the, yeah, that's probably it too, considering he, he, w- he seemed to be the mastermind, but everybody else just was really good at rapping. And they just, I don't know. The rapping is really good on here. The everybody's flow is fantastic. The way the way they they use their words and they rhyme, I think, is just 
just awesome. Like it's almost unbeatable. That is true. But unbeatable. It's great. What was, um, what was your What was your second banger besides passing me by? You said, "Oh shit!" No, no, no. My no, my 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 top banger is Soul Flower. Right. But yeah. I just I said passing me by because we both like it and we already played it. So, uh, should we get into Soul Flower then? Well, oh shit is both of our number twos, right? Well, Soul Flower is one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So well, yeah, let's get into oh shit. Or we could do my number three. My number three would be actually I think oh shit with my number three. Your mom was number two. I don't remember. I think your mom was number two for me. Let, let's get into oh shit. Oh shit. So should we play it first? Should we talk about it? What do you want to do? Um, I mean, just some things. To, just some things to kind of pick up here. Uh, the beat here is really cool. I, I I like it a lot. I think it flows well, and it kind of have has like this this little like early note in it that adds a little bit of flair because you think it's kind of going one way, but a lot you know like with jazz music a lot. There's some weird time signatures and some off beats, and so you kind of hear that in this song in that same beat. And I think that has a lot to do with Jay Slit and JMD. Um, Absolutely. But damn, the drums in here are, are are still really cool. The cymbals, he's, I don't know if it's him doing this the drumming and then they're translating that or if it's straight programmed. But he's writing Either the way, cymbals like the whole so time. Good. And it's it adds like this calmness almost to the song, but like a little mm-hmm. complexity. I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, we'll play a little bit of it, then we'll get into the lyrics and some more of the music. So here's uh, here's the song, Oh Shit. I do want to play the entire song, but you know, <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, because there's so much to unpack here, like with the different vocal styles and 
just the way they they kind of use their words like i think the the first verse of this song is the best part of the record oh it also references luke skywalker too so. well it's not that it's I, it's the way it's his, his use of words that it's slim kid three who does the first verse like the the line or it's like several lines really but like a killer thriller driller tiller out with the miller brew fill her up took it till the damn dutch puked like <laughs> what the fuck like just the the series of words and the way he delivered them was just oh my god dude it's so good and it's just so dumb but i love it like or like like a mission in the woods woody woodpecker would have would if he could like what the hell like how do you come up with this and how are you able to do this without stumbling over your words it's crazy i feel it's like great. i feel like slim kid three is like the the most consistent just kind of I don't want to say normal, but because I can't think of anything else, he's like the most normal of all four of them. It's just okay. It, it like because there's no fumbling over his words, kind of like Booty Brown does. Because there's some points in this album where he's like barely getting words out of his mouth mm-hmm. in this organized chaos sort of way. And then Imami, he has like these high pitched vocals, and they're really childish in the things he talks about, and they're really silly. And then Fat Lips just has like his other deep kind of vocals. That's similar to Slim Kid 3, but he's also kind of like rushed sometimes. But so Slim Kid 3's got like the best, the most like Grammy thing you could probably think of, right? Like you think of like a hip hop artist of the Grammys, like they're gonna have they're gonna they're gonna hit they're gonna rap like Slim Kid 3. I guess. But I, I don't want to say boring, but he's not boring. You know, like, but I don't like, think I think he's the best part of the group. I think he's the best well, not the best part of the group, but he's the best He's the Jerry Seinfeld of this group. He's the very he's the best lyric to me. He's the best lyricist and the best rapper on this. Like he's group. he's not like my favorite rapper, and he's not. I don't think he's Who's the best lyricist. But he's probably Imani. But I think <laughs> yeah, he's my favorite. But but I, but <laughs> I, I think Slim Kid Three is like the Jerry Seinfeld. Like there would be no like when you see George and Kramer hang out, it's weird. But so like you need the Slim Kid Three. You need that that rock you need that base so, so imani is the equivalent of kramer yeah in all of this and then booty brown is george for sure is george Lip. no george is, is oh, definitely booty brown. okay it's just chaotic all the time Fallon. okay got it i like this i like this, this is good seinfeld and then jay swift <laughs> could be like larry david Ooh, that's that's great right that's there that's this is this is fun. This is fun, Jeff. I'm having fun. This podcast just became fun. <laughs> it took three years and 178 episodes. Now I'm having fun. We've, we finally reached the point of having fun. Tight. Thank you for this. I'm gonna say uh, thank you for that. <laughs> what else we got here on the? Oh. So so lyrically, you know, they they all have their own their own thing going on with it because there's only three verses, so there's only three of them. Booty Brown doesn't have a verse on this one. Um which is weird, but he doesn't. But each verse talks about kind of being almost like humiliated by like a, a girl or like your friends because of a girl. Um, like, so, so Slim Kid 3, I, from what I was getting lyrically, his verse was talking about hooking up with a girl and this and that. And come to find out one of his buddies, I forgot who was, he mentions it in the song, but one of his buddies in the group was actually hired a prostitute or hired somebody, not even a prostitute, but just hired somebody to go out with him. And now he's super embarrassed because everyone knows. And then the second verse, Imani is about him hooking up with his buddy's mom. Yeah. And then like, like really, it gets pretty graphic in the second verse talking about her, like, you know, squeezing milk out of her tit or some shit like that. And then, then his buddy catching them having sex. And then the last verse some might say is a little transphobic, some might not, but it's about 
it's about Fat Lip going out, seeing this girl on Crenshaw Boulevard, thinking she's, you know, hot shit. She thinks she's beautiful. You know, he asks her out, whatever, and then he takes her to the beach the next day and notices uh, her feet are kind of big and she's not letting me touch her down there. Come to find out, she's a John Doe, and that's it. That's all. So it's just like it's him being tricked. So it, it's it's definitely... It's a weird song. <laughs> it's a really it's, fucking weird song. They're all so childish, though, and it's they so are. great. Like you get but like Dre and Snoop, yeah. where like the hip hop, gangster rap idols, it like like even though they're young too, the way they they rap, it's like they have this forty year rapport with with how to woo women and and how to how to be like slick and suave. But like yeah. the Farsay comes out and they're like like straight out of high school. Like they're so immature and they're so stupid and they have no idea what they're doing with like life or relationships or anything. And they're just being so earnest and everything yeah. here is so honest and it's so it's earnest dumb. And, and, and as maybe as bad as some of it may be, it's so innocent. Yeah. You know, because they're just so naive to things and I don't know. It It's, it's, interesting and to then, say the least and then all the while the hook is oh shit like <laughs> as if you're telling your buddies a story like oh yeah so i was you know, this this, this. And everyone's like oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> like who doesn't do that not yeah. specifically with relationships but anything stupid your just friend anything, does yeah. you know, oh shit perfect it's, song it seems like it's just straight from like the heart you know in like <laughs> the dumbest fucking way it, it's so honest and naive i that's what i like about this song so much it's okay good. oh shit um what so your mama is the other one I want to talk about. Yeah, uh, this just, song is okay to me. I mean, it's good, but it's not like it's very lighthearted. Is, is this an okay or a banger for you? It's it's on the verge of being a banger and an okay. Okay, okay, banger. I mean, some parts are funny. Some of the some of the disses are funny, but it it's just more of the it's the immaturity of the group, which is funny too. But this is just kind of like I don't know. It's I like it. Let's just say I like it. So this this song kind of does have like like roots in nostalgia for me because what they're doing here is is they're kind of setting up like a battle where they're making fun of each other and who can be the funniest or the most funny. But there's actually like a like a game. It's called the Dozens. Yeah, I didn't know this. I didn't know that there was a game specifically, and there was like a name. I just thought people just got around in a circle and made fun of each other. But like when I went to camp, like all growing up. There was a song we used to sing. It was called like the Ding Dong song, and you would like on the spot you'd have to like make fun of somebody, but it would rhyme, and like the worse it was, so, like like we would do it in front of the campers when I was a counselor, and it would be like you know you make fun of somebody for not being, or like being afraid to jump in the water because it's too cold or whatever. But when the sun goes down and the campers go to bed, then you make fun of people for, for things they can't even help. Right? You just you, yeah. you get as brutal as possible. And that was like the Ding Dong song. And like I have the best memories of, of making fun of people or being made fun of in the worst possible way. <laughs> but the fallback for everybody, if you just had really nothing going on, you could always make fun of somebody's mama. That was that was like a 90s thing. Like everybody oh, so did that. Nice. Like your mama jokes were so huge. And for them to do it to each other here and then record it, this song reminds me of, of like a warm-up they would do. Just kind of get like the juices flowing. And then they probably thought it was hilarious and then just decided to record it. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I feel like this is the one song on the record that was really done on the fly, but in all the best ways. Yeah. But damn, some of the insults are funny. So, like, my favorite one 
is when he says that your mama's got an afro with a chin strap. <laughs> I think that's absolutely hilarious. Just like I, I picture it like your mom is ugly, and for some reason she wears like an afro, maybe, <laughs> but she's also really hairy, and she tries to shave it, but you can kind of still see oh. the five o'clock shadow coming in. So it's like a chin wow. strap that connects to her afro, and it's so gross. But other yeah. notable ones, like during their their each of their choruses, like your mama's got a peg leg with <laughs> fuck with a kickstand. <laughs> so like some of these things are so dumb. Yeah, they're really dumb. But the song oh, kind of like man. like the song itself also begins very different than it ends. It starts off almost in 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 a serious tone, but then they lay in the fat jokes, and so that that kind of like. Like opposites type of thing. I think that's very cool too. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, there's just I'm 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 sorry. I'm looking through the lyrics right now. Just just reading through them again. It's just it's Mama's so got a dumb. glass eye with a fish in it <laughs> on a cliff, butt naked, tooting on a flute. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like not even a your mama joke. It's just so dumb. But also because of the word toot. But there you go. Toot's a funny word. Yeah, it totally is. Ah, no, it's it's a great time. I'll play a little bit of it. Is that does that sound good to you? Do it. Here we go, Yo Mama. Side. Okay, let's get into some of these real quick, okay? Okay, because there's a couple I want to get into, but also Iman, <laughs> uh, he has like he always has like the dirtiest shit, or Imani always has like the dirtiest shit to say, <laughs> which is great. But can, well, can, can I say? Can I say? <laughs> you, 
<laughs> you said your mom's was pretty and young, but she's old as dirt and got hair on her tongue. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's great. It's so good. So disgusting. But the, the, there, there's one, there's one part of a verse which I didn't play because it's like the last verse in the song that I do want to talk about too. But, but continue what you were gonna say. So I like, just going back into um, this uh, Booty Brown's, just like visually picturing in your head the worst possible thing you you could say to somebody's mom and like it's something really gross, right? So he says your mama's got the wooden legs with real feet. Like Fuck. what? So like they like what? She got wooden legs, but her feet are like her original feet. How is that even possible? I, I don't know. <laughs> I That's really so don't gross. Know. It's it's re- really ridiculous, but great. But the the one I I did want to bring up is in in the the last verse. It's Slim Kid Three. I'm not gonna read the whole the whole verse, but <laughs> the fart one. I got stuck in her butt crack. They thought I was lost, but I was caught by the G-strap. Heaven forbid a giant fart would give way because that would blow me around the world in a day. I just, it's so good. I got stuck in a butt crack. <laughs> it's, it's such a stupid diss and it's so childish. And that's why I love it so much because I'm a fucking child. Yes. Because like who hasn't like made, fun, who hasn't told a Yamama joke? And like the yeah. way the song opens up too when he says like, your mama's so fat and there's that callback how fat is she? Like, dude, like that—if that's not nostalgic for every single person who went to a yeah. public school in their life, then I don't know what is. Yeah, I don't know what is. True. Mind you, you and I are white kids who grew up in middle class, middle well, class to society. To be fair, like the 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 whole like the well, you're dozens, not you're not you're half you're half white, but the dozens like the the actual song or whatever we've seen that right like eight mile. Isn't that what the, the whole call and answer thing was? Like the yeah, rap battles that is based off of things like the dozens, which is not not specific to white middle rural middle class. That's for every every kid makes fun of their friends. Yeah, unless you're that's a monster true. or a cop. <laughs> I mean, that's like I, I think I mentioned to to you earlier this week or last week. I said that is our entire friendship between you and I, Ryan, and friend of the pot, Mike. Our entire friendship is bagging on each other making fun of one another fighting with one another like we we don't have conversations we just fight yeah but it's like lighthearted fight fighting you know it, none of us take it really seriously every once in a while one of us will take it too far with another one but it never gets too crazy yeah so. it's just constant bickering and that's essentially what you and i do yeah that's why we have a but podcast about it yeah yeah that's true uh all right. What 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 else do we got? Because there, there's really two other songs I really want to talk about. What songs, Officer? Uh, no, I do like Officer, but I was gonna say, uh, obviously Soul Flower. I yeah. want to talk about, uh, and also Quentin's on my way, on the way. Oh, dude. Okay, so let's, the, let's do Quentin real, real quick then. Okay, so Quint Quentin's on the way is is a skit. It's like a minute and a half. Uh, but yeah, it's just pretty much what I kind of liked about the song was that I think, uh, some slim kid or it might've been fat lip did a, an interview a few years back where he was talking about what that song was and like the backstory behind it. But he was saying like, they'd be in the studio for like 14, 15 hours, like every day. And they would just be kind of like stir crazy. But once they knew Quentin was on his way, Quentin being their dealer, they knew she was going to get a lot more fun <laughs> and they would just get high and just have just a blast and then just record music. 
and it, it's just kind of like that that i don't even want i you can't call it innocence because it's all like drug dealing and all that shit but it's just kind of like i don't know it just kind of takes you back to like you know they've been working so hard but just like it's their one little one little chance to just like let loose and have fun you know what i mean yeah it's it's and it's just like a fun interlude i like it it's a second wind right yeah and especially come like you said coming out of the studio time for so long like this song actually sounds like them getting excited and then jay swift is like oh shit record this and then jmd because he's a phenomenal drummer just kind of because you can kind of hear him he's 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 almost like keeping up with what everybody else is doing rather than the opposite and so i like it sounds legit like they just immediately recorded it one day almost like live right then and there because they're so excited and there's there's like giddy like, like schoolgirls. Like, it's like they're just excited to to break up the monotony of the studio time you know that that's what i that's kind of how i view it too it's just it's just breaking that up you know just doing something different instead of the same recording and writing for 14 hours a day i wish my name was quentin so i could like constantly play the song all the time should i play this song right now yeah okay for all the quins out there <laughs> all right quins on the way about it too is like once they get on the phone with Quentin like they try to act all hard and like, like you step brothers right and the moment they hang up yeah the moment they hang up they just it's fucking wild and the excitement is just there oh I love it it's so like I don't know it, that's so what I'm true. saying the, the, these guys have no right to put out an album this fucking phenomenal there's just it's uh, an album this much fun unbelievable yeah. Oh man, it's it's great. But and then the the song that follows this is called "Pack the Pipe," and it's a little bit more of a laid back song. It's 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 a nice transition into lyrically and and just kind of like the focus of where the album was going. It's just it's great. It fuck man, it's so good. <laughs> I love that song. Quinn's on the way. It's it's so childish but fun. Yeah, it's a nice break. It really embodies what they were kind of the sound they were trying to capture on a lot of these yeah. songs. Oh, but God. the biggest banger of all. 
Soul Flower? Soul Flower. Are we, are we going to finish up with Soul Flower? Or? Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, we, uh, if you, do you want to do like Officer or something? Would you want, We could do Officer and then round it out with Soul Flower. You want to do that? Okay, let's do that. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, Officer. It's track 10 on the record. Just kind of wanting you to jump in. Um, it's it's a good song. the The intro I like. It's kind of like an homage to Flavor Flav and Public Enemy, like kind of hyping up Chuck D. Like they even impersonate Flavor Flav in the intro. It's, it's kind of fun. It 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 is really it's a good impression, and it's just it's a very lighthearted way of saying fuck the police and fuck the establishment. But it's done in such like an innocent, dumb way. It's yeah. It's it's it's, it's done. Like in a childish way because they Absolutely. like they talk about they're driving around in a car that has a registration from 1982 and it's 1992 and it's the car is so dirty that it's gray but it's supposed to be blue <laughs> and everything that could possibly go wrong with like laws and, and how they're driving this car is all wrong. There's four black kids. They're all wearing like hats and glasses and they're cruising around yelling at chicks. Like everything that like the police would pull you over for is checked off in this box, but they still <laughs> yeah. do it anyway because they don't care because they're just like this is go fucking have fun. <laughs> they're, they're they're gambling. They're gambling men. It's so funny. Like I don't know the they're really good. It's not even parodying. It's just it's just I I can't explain what the far side are it, because they're not making fun of somebody. They're not. It's not a parody of something. It's. I guess it's just them having a good time and just picking up. I don't know. I I can't explain what they do and and how they do it so well on this record. I think like specifically like in this song, even though their situation is probably not ideal, they still risk it because everybody's got to have some fun in their life. And even though knowing the possible consequences, they still go out and try to have fun. But like, what, but like for me, like what really gets me in this song is is again like the drumming. Like the, like the drumming had some really cool parts in this. There's like these little small hi hat openings. Oh, dude, I absolutely mm-hmm. fucking love. And besides like drum rolls, I've been really, I've been really into like hi hats lately, right? That's how I am with the drums. I've I've been like that for a while with the with when listening to the drums. I feel like if a drummer can utilize his snare and hi hat really well with along with the bass drum like that's all you need to do be anything like a phenomenal drummer like you don't need all you don't need like seven toms and a bunch of crashes and all that kind of shit like maybe one crash but it, you don't even need that like you shouldn't need that like if you can come up with a great beat just with those three the hi-hat the snare and the the bass drum you're fucking set and you're a sick drummer it's crazy because besides quentin quentin's on his way where he does do this, uh, JMD doesn't really use the toms a lot. You hear a, 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 a like a long drum roll that included the toms too, and Quinn's on his way. But every every other song, he rarely, if ever, uses any toms. It's all snare, hi hat, and then like ride and the kids in a crash. It's great stuff. Um, so I, I guess here's a here's officer, so you guys can kind of pick up on what we're what we're talking about here.
by the far side great song like i said before and we were what we were talking about before with the intro and the the whole public enemy flavor flav thing it it was so spot on it was so perfect (laughs) but it wasn't like them making fun of him it was just like a fun light-hearted thing it was great just having a good time just trying to have a good time narc great time uh we got anything else to say about officer are we gonna do the last song and then round it out yeah, let's, let's do let's do Soulflower and then uh, and then round it out here. All right, so Soulflower, this song I didn't know was actually was actually a cover. Uh, this is this is my favorite on on the record, but the cover is from another group called the Brand New Heavies. I forgot what record it was on of theirs, but it's like their first record. They're they were uh, label mates oh, back okay, in the day. So they're on the same label, and that's why they kind of collabed together. Did you happen yeah. to listen to the to the brand new heavies uh, version? I did. Of it? It's good. Did. You like it? It's really good. No, it's very good. Damn, it's good. I I I do like this version better. I think just because it's a little bit more up tempo. It's more far side than the original. Yeah, version. yeah. But both are are very very good songs. Very like very much better than I thought it was going to be. Absolutely, because I mean, yeah, I just I wasn't expecting a lot, a lot from it. So, but but yeah, this but is, yeah, so, Soulflower, get into it. Um, this is. I think this has been my favorite song ever since I heard this whole album as a whole. I, I like like the background whiny female vocal, like ooh, ooh, that thing that it's got going on <laughs> the whole time. Like it's so stupid. And I, I I didn't look into it too much, but I wonder if that's from something specific or if that's just like one of them doing like ooh, ooh. like the. Not not during the chorus. Are you talking about the chorus? You'll hear it like throughout the whole song. Oh you wait, like I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this weird, like I don't even know what it is. Yeah. But it's so stupid. But my favorite rapping on the whole album is here, and it's actually done by Slim Kid. I think his verse here is I, boss, boss Nass. Slim Kid has. I'm telling you, man. He's he's the highlight of the group. I'm just saying. I, he just. So. I like again. He's like the Jerry. He just. But like here. He's almost, he's like, he's sloppy and frantic, but it works. And then he starts to go into like this banana, fana, fofana, me, my, momana thing. <laughs> and like, that's so dumb. Like, anybody, like, can you imagine any other, can you imagine like Drake or any rapper ever doing like that banana, fana fucking thing you used to do oh, in elementary it, school? It's so stupid. It's so fucking dumb. But here, it's absolutely perfect. And like, the other members in the in the group talk about or bring up 
how they have so many flavors, like the 7-Eleven Slurpees and like more flavors in a fruit basket. But then Slim Kid just says that he's not a carbon copy. He's a first draft jalopy. Like how self-deprecating is that? How like worse can you, how more hard can you be on yourself? Like how shitty? It's so solid. He's so great. Slim Kid's Slim Kid is fucking great. He really is the best part of this group, or at least on this album. Uh, so I'm gonna play a little bit of uh, of Soul Flower right now. The cover, the remix, by the Far Side. <laughs> Verse is perfect. It's uh, it's damn good. His, his use of his, <laughs> the lyrics he uses, the his flow. It's just oh my god, dude! It how has this guy not done more significant things? You know, he fucking kills it on this. He does. Ah oh, man, now Souped he can, up on the beat like a bowl of chicken noodles. I love Spanish dishes, but no, I'm not menudo. That's so dumb. that's so stupid. <laughs> I, I can dig kung fu. I flip hose like judo. What the fuck? <laughs> Never date a chick who has a mom named Bruno. <laughs> now that we now that, now that the last one is like a lost episode, I can bring up my Slim Kid three story. 
Okay. Because that's I'm just gonna do it. I don't care. Do it. So like living in Portland, we went out to a club one time. Actually, my roommate at the time wanted to go to a club because he was meeting friends, and he was like, "Okay, I'll come, whatever." So we get to the club, and there's like a cover, and I, I, if there's just a cover for the sole purpose of being a cover, I won't go in. I will go drink somewhere else just because I just I'm not down with that at all. If there's any type of music playing, hey, there's a cover. So you can go see this band play. I'm a little more likely to go, but if it's just a cover just to get in, I will. I will not go. Yeah, not going to happen. Not going to happen. So there's a ten dollar cover, right? And that's a lot for a usually like five, maybe seven dollars. That's okay, but ten bucks. That's that's like a drink and a half. So we, I pay my ten bucks, and I'm I'm kind of like asking the guy, like, why, like, why is this so expensive? Like, what's going on? He's like, oh, there's. There's some there's some like DJ here from like an old like hip hop band. Like, oh, who is it? I'm like, oh, it's uh, Slim Kid Three. No Immediately, shit. I'm just like, what the fuck did you just say? I'm like, oh, it's Slim Kid Three. And no shit, dude. The first song that I heard him like play, because we kind of came a little bit late, but like the first song I heard him play as I was walking in, maybe my memory's a little jogged, and I'm just doing this to like support my own theory or something. But it was no shit. Like the whole like th- hook to no shit and. We walked in. I remember him playing No Shit, and I was just like, wow, this is fucking rad. Just blown away. Blown That's away. That's so cool, though. Blown away. That's so rad. Was that at Dante's? No, this was in like a, like a warehouse, like a factory over Oh, in, that's even better, like dude. A, that's even yeah, cooler. It was so bizarre. Like I, I was even asking Palmer, I was like, how do you even like find this place? Like, oh, I don't know. They told me to meet him here. And oh, of course, there fantastic. was like four people like next to the DJ booth, kind of like, into it and everybody else was at the bar drinking or on the patio smoking like what the fuck are you guys doing oh my god over here oh dude that's so rad that was really cool that's fantastic good times i don't i don't have a cool slim kid three story just that he was the one who sang on the one corn song that's it (laughs) that that's all i got which is a great song i mean we talked about it when, when we actually did that corn record way back when which we're gonna eventually redo because now that is not gonna that's not dude we're going to redo a corn album, at least a couple of them. Yeah, we'll do like Follow the Leader. That's what I'm saying. It was on issues. Follow the Leader. The, the, the song with Slim Kid 3 was on Follow the Leader. I don't want to do in that. Knuckle it. But anyway, uh, that, that's about it. So, so your final thoughts on the record, and then we can rate it and uh, get going here. What, what do you got? What are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are just uh, this, this record is fun, and coming out. In a time where, I mean, like like I said, the, the Chronic came out a month after this album did. And so, unfortunately for this, it was just completely overshadowed. And during a time, especially, you know, like, like the Rodney King riots, where things were so serious and things were so bad and so nasty. Like, it's, 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 it's a breath of fresh air, as a tribe, would, a tribe Quest would say, a breath of fresh air. To have somebody come out, that's just silly. Like, these guys don't take themselves seriously in any capacity. They think they're a joke, and it comes off as a joke. But damn, it's like the best joke you've ever heard. And again, I said it before, these guys have no right to be this good. There's no fucking... They have no right. It's remarkable they, they came out with a record like this. Unbelievable. It is. 
Or do you want rating still? Do you want to do rating? No, 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 no. Go, go with your rating, and then I'll, I'll do my. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Did you talk I first. Or I, I talk first. Don't we talk first. No, I, you talk I first. can't hear you with the whole thing don't, going on. Don't, <laughs> don't do a Poe thing here, please. Yeah. So my rating for this album is probably like the more I talk about it, the more I, I want to give it a three. Every song on here isn't perfect, but I'm gonna give this album a perfect three. Perfect three. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you. That that's rare for you. That is yeah. very very rare. For I, you. I, I I think this holy is, shit. This album is just like it's 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 a, I don't know man. It's it's like a diamond in the rough, and that's that's hard to say because of so like the Chronic from Dre was a great album. Like the, like Snoop Dogg's their first album, The Dog Pan, was a good album. These albums are fantastic, and for this to be such an opposite of those albums, and to bring in. Like JMD, I, I didn't find too much about him online. He's a very small social media presence, but holy shit, that guy's a phenomenal drummer. Yeah, he, he unbelievable. Kills it. Yep, perfect three. Well, that, I'm still shocked that you gave it a perfect three. That's absolutely, I, I just, it's crazy for you. Um, final thoughts for me: I'm new to the far side, fairly new to the far side because of you mostly. Um, no stinkers mostly all bangers a true a true gem in hip-hop history this record is and i i did i my my ranking has you know raised more because of how we've talked about it or what we talked about but I, shit man this this album is a two and a half for me Ooh, that is high. like normally i was gonna give it just like a straight two i know i figured you would but no, I got to get it. 2.5 is high for like a hip hop album that you haven't like yeah. consistently listened to in the past decade. That's it's high. solid, man. Like there's so much, Deal. so many great things right here. And Slim Kid 3 just fucking kills it so much on this, on this record. So. He did a lot of work. I don't know if you like, but, but like the Chemical Brothers, that little like yeah, techno I'm not group. A huge fan of them. Uh, okay. But what about him? What were you going to say? I mean, he did, he just did some work with them. Mm. Like producing them or what? Uh, just, just like collabs. So that's probably why he was DJing his own set was because he kind of oh, got into that whole okay. DJ thing and with the Chemical Brothers and stuff. So, that but you don't sense. like him, so don't worry about it. <laughs> You're such an idiot. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Well, Jeff gives it a perfect three. Surprisingly, gives it, this album a perfect three. I give it a uh, a two and a half, two point five out of our three point rating system. So there you go. That's it. That's all. Thank you again all for listening to the podcast. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Send us an email, radio at gmail.com. I think I'm going to set up a phone number to call so you can actually make a voice. Are you really? I think I'm going to do that soon. How the Um, hell are you going to do that? You got to pay for that? I'll tell you a little bit later. But uh, So I might set that up, uh, but also go to our website, asinineradio.com. That's our website. Uh, Thank you again all for listening. Uh, That's it. That's all. And David Jaffa. David Jaffa, 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 I'm I'm so pissed. I'm pissed. I'm I'm pissed. pissed. It's pissing me off. (laughs) I got stuck in her butt crack. They thought I was lost, but I was caught by the G-strap. Heaven forbid a giant fart would give way. (laughs) 